0: You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck.
1: I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a .44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, bunk? So Mitch, welcome on in. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, man. This is a this is a whole new experience, like uh, doing it on YouTube now. Like uh, I'm very interested in how we do this and how this is going to look and interacting with the people. So, in this episode of the Mitch and Rich Show, we have a, a few things to talk about. I wanted to get into some of the like um, news of the time, so to speak, Ooh. since the last time we recorded.
1: Diddle, 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 the news of the time. <laughs> um, I don't know. We, that, we're working on it. We gotta we gotta We'll, gotta we'll, we'll work. work on
0: some segue songs. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Uh the I know a movie that both of us were really looking forward to is Tenet from Christopher Nolan. Yes. Now for the longest time they were holding on to their uh July, I want to say 14th uh theatrical release date. But in the time of corona that's just not going to happen so that moved back to july 30th i believe and then as of this recording they've once again removed it they've moved it once again to uh august 14th i want to say some somewhere around there uh 12th august 12th all right yeah there you go so what do you what do you, what, what do you make of that i mean do you really think that August 12th comes around. It's going to be okay to go to the movie theater. Nope.
1: <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I mean, especially here, right? Cause we're, we're both in Arizona, which uh, as the devil of hell's game room likes to point out is the Florida of the Southwest. Um, or at least it seems like it's becoming that with the crazy stuff that's going on. Uh, but no, I mean, we, we have seen at least here currently um, a, massive influx in our overall cases and infection rates and uh they just announced earlier today our, our governor actually just announced that he was issuing kind of a um I don't want to call it a it's not really a stay at home order uh that's not really Definitely what it
0: was at home order
1: yeah he he is urging yeah. moving to close as of 8 p.m. today at the time of the we're recording this which is Monday June 29th uh bars uh, gyms, movie theaters, and public pools and tubing, uh, for rivers, people that go tubing on the river, uh, is closing for, I believe it was 30 days. 30 days. Uh, and, yeah. And then they're going to reassess, reevaluate, uh, which would actually put us at about July 29th at this point, uh, based on today. And, um, you know, we we have a really big holiday weekend coming up. We're, we're right on the cusp of the 4th of July weekend. And like historically, what we have seen from people is, is that they are going to go out or, and, and not everyone, but there is a very large group of people that are still uh, going to go out, going to gather, going to party, going to do these things. So, um I think we're probably going to con- continue to see a pretty big, uh, uptrend in, in coronavirus cases here in Arizona. And then I think we're going to see another little, uh, shooting peak off of that peak in about two weeks from the 4th of July, give or take. Uh, so no, I really, I, I, if a theater opens, uh, on August 1st, uh, or even August 11th, um, no, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to go I want to see this movie but I don't want to see it bad enough to potentially die because inevitably you are rolling the genetic dice as to whether or not y- you know if you get it how it's going to impact you and uh I think that's kind of important to remember I mean this is this is
0: very true and it's it's weird that Warner Brothers is just constantly like sliding this movie back right like it's it's got to be something that Nolan has out there in his contract or whatever. Like, they're trying to abuse him. I I have absolutely no idea if, if that's true or not. But, I mean, that's the way it kind of feels to me. Like, everything else has been pushed incredibly back. But they're moving this two weeks at a time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, solid kind of uh, brings up a a point, you know, he's like 2020 is not going to be the right time to go to theaters. And, uh, I, I tend to, to agree with that number, number one. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like something to do with Christopher Nolan and contracts. What I, what I think would be a much more plausible scenario is that, you know, the, the, the production company or, you know, the 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 distributors of this film need it to be out. They need it to make money. And um, you know, a large portion of where these things come into play is they come into play from being in theaters and having, you know, global and and um you know nationwide distribution so that, that people can watch us and they can you know hopefully make their their budget back or a large portion of their budget back before they have to then send it to you know uh, home video or streaming platforms and that sort of thing so I think it's really more of a situation of you know them trying to them being a studio or a distributor trying to get this pushed out in order to start making money back off of this product that potentially has already had uh, a large amount of money invested into it. And and you know, um I agree. I don't know that um August is gonna be a really good time to try to do that. Um I, I mean I, 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 yeah, I think
0: well, one of the people in the chat is is correct. twenty twenty is just not the year from we think. You should you should just push them all back until the beginning of next year and hope that we have a vaccine by that time. It's probably not gonna happen, but or we if we haven't have a vaccine, we at least flatten the curve
1: yeah and and i mean it's really it's really really tough to anticipate where this is going to go because i mean obviously there was a, a group of people that were speculating that summer rolls around and we'll start seeing this tank off um i think anyone who looked at the summer, southern hemisphere would have known uh no that's n- not going to happen because it's not what is happening there but nevertheless it's neither here nor there um i i agree with you i i think at some point they are going to have to make a decision on on what they're going to do uh if there is enough places that have it under control to where theaters can and uh you know reopen and and they can actually do some distribution that way sure, but um you know, I don't know at this point, you know, I believe the production budget for that was around two hundred million i want to say like two hundred five million yeah um. So, I mean, I think at some point you also have to start looking at the logistics of just getting it out and and start – you know, and again, maybe you're right. Maybe they do have contracts with movie theaters. I know that's what kind of happened with like Universal. I believe it was Universal and AMC kind of got into uh, a big deal and AMC kind of made a statement that they might never show another Universal film in their theaters because of it. Now AMC is potentially going bankrupt. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, I think at some point you do have to start weighing your options of a return of investment and whether that's going straight to VOD or streaming platforms or exclusivity deals with uh you know, Hulu or whatever. I mean, you know, and again, why I don't think there's anything that says they can't leverage to try to get it on multiple streaming platforms. Um uh, I know traditionally that maybe hasn't really been the case, but I, I think as this progresses progressively goes forward, um, it needs to start challenging our ideas of how we distribute financially distribute and financially recoup our cost of investment to make media uh films or whatever it may be you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah i mean
0: i think we talked about it the next last week about how movies gonna have to change the way that they um distribute and just all around promote you know so that uh it's because it's going to be a different
1: different world once this is hopefully passed it has to be right I mean, I, I don't really, I mean, I don't know. I would like to say I don't see how it couldn't be different. You know what I mean? Like that that something would have to come out of this, but uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) Lately, I've been losing a lot of faith in humanity lately. Like it's been taken off uh, pretty rapidly, actually. But uh, my hope is, yes, my hope is that coming out of this, there is something that we can walk away from this with, you know,
0: so, uh, because of Tenet moving its, its, um, premiere date back, which apparently was, I mean, everybody's looking at as the gu- guinea pig of whether or not movie theaters were going to be a thing or we're going to make money in the box office anymore. Everybody else moved their, uh, uh, release date back. Also, we had Mulan move to the end of July or the end of August. Sorry. And, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music got moved back, and uh the new Russell Crowe Unhinged movie, which until last week I hadn't even heard about this movie, let alone seen a trailer and I saw the trailer for it. It seems like uh seems a little he 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 looks a little deranged in this trailer. I don't know if you haven't you managed to see it or not.
1: So some might say he looks unhinged? Some some might say that, yes. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, I, I haven't heard anything about this until you just said that right now, actually. And, uh, I, I just pulled it up on IMDb and I'm looking at it and, uh, it says coming soon, July 31st. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that got pushed back further than that. Um, I would uh, hope so. <laughs> it's, you remember that, that
0: movie with, uh, Sam Jackson and, and, uh, Ben Affleck changing lanes, changing lanes. Yes. Okay. So think of that, but, and, and Russell Crowe is, is uh, Sam Jackson's character and crazier. Like, he, hmm. like, he's stalking this lady, like, beating in her door and stuff like that.
1: Okay, so th- this is the, the storyline in accordance to IMDb. It says, Academy Award winner. Gotta get that in there. It's like a PhD. Once you win it, your name changes forever. Uh, Academy Award winner, Russell Crowe, stars in Unhinged, a psychological thriller that takes something we've all experienced. Uh, that's usually a good thing for filmmakers as we talked about last time with uncut gyms. Um, not that everyone's (laughs) experienced, uh, addiction anyway, uh, road rage. We've all experienced road rage, uh, to an unpredictable and terrifying conclusion. Uh, someone, uh, Rachel, I guess is the character name, uh, is running late to get to work when she crosses paths with a stranger, Russell Crowe at a traffic light. Soon Rachel finds herself and everyone she loves in the target, uh, As the target? That's weird, whatever. As the target of a man who feels invisible and is looking to make one last mark upon the world by teaching her a series of deadly lessons. Uh, What follows is a dangerous game of cat and mouse that proves you never know... Who you're driving next to. Uh, I don't think any of us have ever questioned whether we know the people we're driving next to or not. That's never like a moral or, or, you know, mental like conversation I've had with myself of, of being like, Oh, I'm, I'm in safe hands on the road because the person next to me looks nice. No, I don't, tr- when my life is literally being determined by a, a paint of, uh, you know, paint on asphalt, I, I'm not going to trust that person next to me. I don't care who they are. So that's kind of interesting. It does sound a lot like falling down meets Saul meets uh <laughs> the movie you were just saying. You- changing lanes. Yeah. So it's like this uh, amalgamation of all of those those movies.
0: Yes, definitely a that a huge amalgamation there. Uh so are you gonna watch it? Are you are you interested in it? Are you excited? I'm gonna about watch it. it? Just to see Russell Crowe. I I, I mean, I. there's lots of movies that I'll just watch just because it's interesting and new. So, uh, yeah, this one would definitely not... I'm not going to the theater to watch it, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll watch it eventually when it comes onto a streaming site, which I'm sure will be on Amazon
1: Prime or, or something soon. Afterwards. They should just like, make a horror movie called The Karens. Um, <laughs> I feel like that would be really um, pretty, you know... Pretty, pretty much necessitated by the horror of, of humanity right now, if you will. Yeah. So, Russell Crowe, I'm trying to think of the last movie I saw. Um, I you saw, saw Russell Crowe in.
0: You saw The Nice Guys. I know you saw that with me.
1: I did, but that was like 2018, 2017, 2016. No, it's not 2016, is it? I don't know, somewhere in that ballpark. Got to be relatively close. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think actually. it was that far back. I'd say maybe 2017. You you looking it up? Uh, no, I was looking at chat. Sorry. Um, right, at it, but yeah, um, uh, after that, I can't think of an
0: another movie that he was in recently. I know the Mummy was like 2016.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I honestly cannot remember the last. I mean, I mean, you I think you're right. I think it was Nice Guys, but I, I, I mean, it's been a while since he's been in anything that I've been like, oh my gosh, I have to go watch that. Um, Trek says enough about this. More about Miami Connection, and uh, I, we haven't we haven't watched it yet. Trek. we're going to try to watch it with the uh, community, uh, and we haven't got to it quite yet, unfortunately. Either way, though, I mean, like, um, I think I, I think I agree with you. I think I'm interested to see it because it's Russell Crowe, and I I traditionally have liked, I think most of the movies that he's been in, at least most of the movies he's been in that I that I've seen, um he's not i guess he's not usually an actor that i'm like rushing well again no one's rushing to the cinemas right now but (laughs) traditionally he's not been an actor that i'm like oh i like he's in it i have to watch it like i i I like him as an actor but i don't think he usually for me is enough to be like that's it i'm in let's go
0: yeah you know what i mean so you were right uh nice guys was 2016 the Mummy it was 2016? Yeah, The moment wow. was 2017. Now, uh, in 2019, he was playing uh, Roger Ailes in the Showtime show, The Loudest Voice, which is about Fox News. Oh. And uh, he also filmed True History of the Kelly Gang, which I've heard some things about, but have not seen anything of it. And mm-hmm. then you have Unhinged this year. So, yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't know what the last thing that
1: you saw that you were super excited about him being in, though. I don't, I don't even know i think the last thing I, I think you're right the last thing was probably the nice guys that i that i watched them. and that was a good movie actually it's not a bad movie I, I think it was a little underrated it's a really good comedy with uh it's kind of like a detective noir comedy sort of not really yeah, noir i guess but it's kind yeah. of
0: story yeah it's, it's well, Shane it's kind of in the 70s Shane, Shane black knows how to write that yeah it's the 70s oh
1: yeah kiss kiss bang bang is amazing
0: just kiss, kiss bang bang lethal
1: weapon you know
0: does it's kind of the stuff that he's really good at.
1: So Hell Trek says, let's be honest. It's been kind of downhill for crow after gladiator. <laughs> I mean, he's got some good stuff in there after
0: gladiator, like, uh, American gangster is a great movie. American, I, I don't know if I watched that one. I think you have. I'm pretty sure I you saw. it. Like did. I feel like it's been a while. Him and Denzel Washington. Um, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so with that, all those movies getting pushed back and I, I believe Pete workers for AMC theaters were, you know, kind of saying, Hey, we don't really feel safe going back to work. AMC theaters has, has decided to push back its reopening by two weeks. So they are not going to be opening until, uh, end of July.
1: Yeah. The end of July, July 30th. That's Once only we two weeks in- away. Oh, that's two weeks from their initial reopening Correct. date. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a mathematician, but that does matter. Um mm-hmm. No, and it, I think that's also something to pay attention to. And, and I mean, I guess at this point, I would think that two weeks uh, hopefully wouldn't make or break them as a company. But I mean, I imagine with them making statements... Uh, in the past about being close or, or potentially walking the path of bankruptcy. Um, You know, I would imagine that that that's probably putting a lot of pressure on them to, you know, reopen as quickly and efficiently as they can.
0: Yeah. Uh, But I mean, obviously there's also not going to be any movies in the theaters to go watch yet. So like you're opening up and you're expecting people to come watch movies that they've already seen like I know, they you know, were gonna do inception they were gonna drop they were gonna drop inception at the time of the original tenant release date of July seventeenth 14th something around there and they were gonna do inception in there and it's like you don't people aren't gonna if if people were gonna go to the movie theaters I'm sure they were gonna go to see something new not to go see inception again which is a great movie I love that movie but I can watch it from the comfort of my home
1: it's true uh, the only thing is that i think where that might like that strategy might actually work is if you picked um older movies, like significantly older films than inception inception's not that old but if you picked like movies from you know maybe the 70s 80s m- Maybe somewhere in the 90s and like you kind of picked these movies that like this, you know, younger generation of cinemaphiles wouldn't have had the ability to go watch in theaters. That might be a better strategy. Inception, I don't think is old enough for that to be the case. It is certainly a great movie, but um, again, I don't think it's one that's going to really get i mean i don't know i think about it and i'm like the, the theater experience for watching uh, inception is pretty cool but yeah. i've already had that experience so i don't mm-hmm. really need to go do that but i do think if you got into this situation of maybe where you were going back and showing you know these these older films like maybe the original top gun or uh you know something to that effect kind of like what uh harkins does uh which they're a theater chain oh, in arizona yeah. but they have like these Tuesday night classics and, and they kind of do that. And so I moves, believe AMC has their version of that too. Oh, do they? Okay. I, believe like, so. I think it's on Tuesday night also. I can see that being interesting or, or even another strategy that, you know, cause at this point I think really movie theaters have to really start thinking completely outside of the box. But another thing, it could be really uh, interesting. I don't know exactly how it would work from a legal standpoint. They would have to, you know, buy the rights to air it. But another thing that could be cool is to, get the uh rights to do some of these like limited exclusive series. Uh so I mean imagine if you could go watch like um I'm trying to think of like like Stranger Things. Imagine if you, if they would, you know, put maybe a thing where every other night or something or I don't know exactly how you would structure it but like you would do maybe two or three episodes uh and people could buy tickets and come watch those in the movie theater and you were doing that maybe like once a week or something or, or kind of alternating. But they, they're going to have to do something different uh, to get people back in there quickly and to also try to keep people in there once theaters reopen and, and people go back to it um, in a way that also allows them to not have this huge content gap.
0: Yeah, I I, I think you're definitely going to be struggling to find content uh, of any kind when theaters finally do open up and people want to go back because there's going to be such the large hiatus of movies that weren't being made and stuff like that. So that's, that's not a bad idea. You can definitely find enough, uh, TV shows or, uh, old series and stuff like that, that people would want to go see in the big screen.
1: Well, and that's my thing, like, especially with that, because that is a experience that, uh, i would say 99 percent of people have not had like and again i don't know it's going to be difficult because it's such a large amount of content but if you could find like these you know really interesting like limited series that people were kind of obsessed with that might work really well you know like if you did like uh, you know true detective or something where it's more of like an anthology and there's you know maybe only like six to ten episodes in the first season and so you do you know a couple of episodes uh, a week you know maybe three episodes a week or something and you're only you know yes it's a little bit longer of a theater experience than i think what most people are used to but then again you know blade runner 2049 was almost four hours and people said through that so i mean if you literally did you know if you did a three hour you know three episodes in an hour long they're not quite an actual you know what i mean they're maybe like 45 minutes 43 minutes they're not actually a full hour I and mean, then you had maybe like a 10 minute intermission between those you know there's enough content that i think you could offer such a very different experience that people would not normally have got watching those shows um i i don't know i think that could be a really interesting strategy i obviously they would have to figure out like i said the legal standpoint behind acquiring you know the rights to show those in theaters but um i don't know I, i i really think if they were gonna do that i i i'm not saying i would it would take me a while to go because of the pandemic, but I think that would be interesting if they also did that and then kept that going forward as a uniqueer way to bring people into the theater, because coming out of this, um, there's been a huge financial impact obviously on all of these theater chains. And so I think getting dynamic and how you recover and get people going back to the theater once it's safe. Um, I feel like this could be a really unique way of doing it. Cause I mean, I would totally go once a week, Every other week or whatever to watch True Detective season one on a giant, uh, you know, thing with like Dolby Atmos or you know, whatever. Like, I think that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, no, I would definitely do that. So, uh, seeing on the the chat over there, Solid Gun and yourself both mm-hmm. very much into the Ghostbusters. So this information would be good for people watching our Earth live stream, not so much for people that are listening to the podcast. But July first is uh, a special day for Ghostbusters. So if you go to ghostbusters.com, you can find out if there is a drive-in movie theater near you that will be playing the original Ghostbusters on July 1st. Cuz they're going to be doing it all across the the country. Um it was supposed to happen back on June 8th, I want to say. June, I just had just had it here a second. Yeah, June 8th to coincide with the original's release date uh which is considered ghostbusters day and uh because of the state of the country at the po- at the moment they said no we're not going to do that so they moved <laughs> it to July 1st uh if you go to ghostbusters.com you can find out if there's a drive-in theater near you that's playing it but July 1st yeah you should uh look i think there's one in Avondale for people in Arizona now is that going to be shut down because of this uh uh lockdown that our governors put up, I don't know
1: i I mean yeah, that is interesting. I mean theoretically, it should be because it it didn't really differentiate whether or not that was driving theaters or not. It just said theaters um the so that is it
0: theater is that you're gonna be in a room with a whole bunch of other people.
1: This is you and yeah. your car, so oh no, I agree with you, I think it would be silly to close a drive-in down but i'm just saying like i don't think there was really a lot of distinction on what a theater technically is constituted as in terms of the executive order but maybe there is i don't know i didn't it's not like i i read the th- i just listened to him talk about it so who knows yeah. it's a good question yeah, exactly. though. that's so, a very good
0: question what do you think about that though you know a re-release of ghostbusters in drive-in theater uh version
1: yeah, I mean, so uh, Ghostbusters is a movie that's always been very near and dear to my heart. Um, I remember a couple years back when I went to visit some family that I have in New York, and uh, that was the first time I'd ever been there, and they were like, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I got to go over and visit Hooker and Ladder Company Number 8 and check out the HQ of the Ghostbusters. And so literally took a bunch of uh, uh, subways, did a crap ton of walking, uh, sat out front of the Ghostbusters HQ, And literally played the entire theme song and just sat there in true geek mecha bliss (laughs) for me it was such an amazing experience so uh that being said i would i i would totally be down to go watch it at a drive-in i think it would be absolutely phenomenal to do that and you know maybe once uh after all this you know stuff blows over um I think it would actually be really great to just rent a theater out and do like a geek elite thing and just have all of us get together and watch uh, it, it in an actual theater on a big screen. Because uh, this that movie actually came out at like when I was not old enough to go watch it in a movie theater. So, like, yeah. I don't think right. I've ever actually seen it in its I actual think, glory. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I have. I but, might have went and
0: seen it in one of those uh, classic nights at the movie theaters. I, I always seem to miss it. it. Yeah, yeah, I mean you 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 aren't you aren't watching movies lately.
1: It's what I we've know. already discovered. We talked about that last week. It's true. It's sad, <laughs> but it's true. But I'm working on getting better. There you go. <laughs> I've acknowledged that work. I have a problem and and I'm I'm working towards the next step. Okay. So
0: the next piece of 80s bringing back the 80s news that I wanted to talk about real quick was uh Michael Keaton. Okay. Apparently he's going to be donning the Batman suit again for the DCU flash movie oh. in whatever way that could be. Uh, so right now they're in early talks as it's being reported. Uh, he will come back. He will, he will be Batman once again, uh, hmm. for the flash movie, which is, could be, don't know, was at one point a flash point movie. So it's going to, it would deal with, uh, you know, uh, alternate dimensions or, uh, the multiverse and so, so to speak of the dcu and because of that i guess they're also in talks for him to do another movie as batman that's at least that's what the reporting is and that second movie could very well be a batman beyond movie
1: <laughs> i mean i feel like we were just talking about this like uh not that long ago i i think my real requirement is is if he is batman again Will they still lock the neckline of the cowl so that he has to turn from the shoulders and waist? Uh, Because I think that's extremely important for Michael Keaton Batman, quite (laughs) frankly. Uh, Personally, I I I think that's great. I think that's cool. I I mean, you know, I've always said that I think if DC wants to start making good content they need to stop worrying about what marvel's doing and just focus on not competing but just making good movies um i think bringing you know uh, michael keaton back obviously i've always really liked him as an actor and i think a lot of the stuff that he's done more recently has been really good as well um i loved birdman and and uh i even what was it spider-man homecoming that he was the vulture uh i i thought that was absolutely fantastic and so yeah i'm i'm on board for it and and clearly you know like you said there is going to be this whole uh group of of people that have nostalgia for him as their batman because maybe that was their first uh experience with batman was the michael keaton tim burton movies back in the 80s um is ezra miller still playing the flash so that's a good question, because I guess
0: as of reporting this, like, yeah, he is still attached to The Flash. But before coronavirus really hit big uh, in our country, I guess, um, he kind of got canceled, so to speak, with hmm. quotes, cancel culture that's going on. Um, I don't know if you saw that video of not. him supposedly uh, or allegedly choking out a female fan at a convention convention. Somewhere in Europe. What? Yeah. Uh I don't know. Yeah, I've saw it a couple times. I don't know what to make of it. It, it. Everybody seems a little weird in the video. Like, if he's actually hurting somebody, that's wrong. Like, I don't understand yeah. why he still has a job. But if I, I don't know, I, I really don't know what's going on in that video. So it's weird that it all
1: kind of just went away. Hmm. Uh, it, it's also weird that like that stuff seems to happen at conventions because I remember the year we went to Comic Con there was that person that stabbed the other person in the eyeball <laughs> with a freaking yeah. pen over seats for like a Harry Potter thing in Hall H or something and I'm like yes. Jesus Christ yeah. what is happening um I, yeah no I agree with you I mean certainly if, if those uh you know allegations are true then yeah I mean I think they should be getting uh someone else to do it because uh, you know choking someone out is not good no uh, i think that's very clearly not a good thing uh so i guess okay so he's up in the air uh but th- th- so th- this isn't in production yet then right like I-, I mean they're not talking about doing this like well the Flash well, they can't really movie, shoot right now right you know they can't shoot right now but flash
0: movie has been quote unquote in production for the last like four years so Uh, They keep going through different directors. They keep going through different writers. At one point, Ezra Miller said that he was going to write it himself with uh, Grant Morrison, a very popular comic book writer. And yeah, it's it's just it's it's not a movie that's been getting off the ground. I think now that DC Warner Brothers has a better idea of how they want their movies to be kind of be a little bit more wonder woman a little bit more uh aquaman versions of each cuz i mean obviously oh, yeah. those movies did really well in the box office Blech! aquaman I, I, yeah i know sorry it's, sorry it's not, a, it's not a good movie but it made all the money so i did <laughs> so that's that's what they want to keep doing um it's but then again joker also made all the money so I don't know where if they're there. I'm, I'm sure the executives over at Warner Brothers are like, we don't know which way to go. <laughs> they don't think about, hey, let's just make a good movie first. They always think, hey, how can we do the exact same thing again? So
1: Sullivan says it happened in Iceland.
0: Yeah, Okay. So I, it was it was Europe. That's interesting. Yeah. And I just I don't know about that. That whole that I don't know why. It wasn't talked about more then, and it's not talked about anymore, especially with this. St- story of Michael Keaton joining the, the cast,
1: possibly. It is interesting. OK, so I guess it, I kind of always go back to this because like you're my, uh, you know, guiding light when it comes to anything really comic book based. And uh, honestly, I think the other thing that is always just uh, flabbergasted me about you is your like ability to just instantly like create a cast in your mind for things and like you know like i I don't know it's ridiculous because like you know so many actors that you're just like oh it should be this person i'm like what the? who is that and you're like well they were the 32nd background actor in this tv series (laughs) and then went on to do this this i'm like what? i'm like so it's amazing so like putting in a hypothetical situation where uh ezra miller is out for any sort of reason uh who would you actually want to see step in and play the Flash, especially assuming that it's this Flash opposite Michael Keaton Batman, which is also a very interesting choice considering we've had like so many variants of Batman at this point, And we're getting another variant with Robert Patson, which we talked a little bit about last week. Like that's such a huge jump to be like, ooh, super young Batman, Robert Patson, you know, year one type Batman, and then essentially you know, at the end of the career or or seemingly a lot more further into the development of of his career Batman who would you want to see uh or or who do you think, or maybe a couple people that you think would be really good opposite Michael Keaton as a flash?
0: You know, you you you, you pumped me up such so so greatly, and I now you you put me on the spot and having to figure out who I would cast as a Barry Allen, because uh, I assume they're going to go Barry Allen. They they you know rarely do they ever bring in Wally anymore uh, for for the first Flash, because um, Barry Allen is the the first Flash, or I guess no Jay J Garrick would be the first Flash, but <laughs> this version of the Flash would would definitely be that now. Who would be a good actor to play Barry Allen opposite Michael Keaton? A possible Michael Keaton cameo as Batman. Oof, that's that's pretty tough. I don't know. How about Nicholas Holt?
1: Uh, see again. I don't know who that is. You know wait, who wait. Is Nicholas Holt? Wait, wait, who's Nicholas Holt? Is he? um Hmm. It's is like a movie is? where he's bald, right? yeah it's one of your favorites oh what is it i can't even think of it right now mad max fury road he's the, yes he's the, yeah, he's the the guy who sprays the silver stuff on his, face. In his mouth i don't i forget what what they're called uh yeah i uh, think, my, i'm not remembering anything right now either so
0: <laughs> oh you know who else would be really good who's really solid actor right now uh lucas hedges okay who's lucas hedges Okay, so that one, I'm sure you know him if you saw him, but uh, you might not um, recognize the name. Let me see. I just recently watched him in Honey Boy. I don't know if you saw that
1: with uh, Shia LaBeouf. Nope, I haven't uh, (laughs) watched that yet. Uh, So Solid Gun says, uh, evidently it happened in Iceland while he was there filming Fantastic Beast 3. Uh, I didn't know they were filming that. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't actually realize there was a second one yet. Um, (laughs) It's kind of how out of touch I am. And then Heltrick says, Batman, the elder years. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, Raven by my Walker? Now, I mean, Michael Keaton's not that old, but I'm just saying that would be kind of interesting to see a Batman with like dementia and like to just witnessing him try to fight crime, even though like that actually could be a really interesting m- movie, actually, to see a dimension, uh, dementia covered, uh, dimension covered. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. A Batman conflicted with dementia. That would yeah. be really interesting. And yeah. then it would be. Well, go ahead.
0: No, I was just say it would be interesting i mean the, the, you would think that more than anything his body is going to be the thing that fails him at least that's the whole the whole premise behind Batman Beyond is that his body ends up failing him because he just gets older, and that's he lived he lives a very hard life, but to but have see, Batman have his mind start to fail him, which is his, his str- greatest
1: asset, yeah. Well, that second be, greatest money's his first, but <laughs> yeah, this the is, second greatest asset is is his mind. Because if he just had the mind and no money, he couldn't do anything. So, see, he's still you still gotta have both of those things. So you
0: saw you saw, you saw Lady Bird, right? I did. So you remember um, the boyfriend that she had that ended up being gay? That's Lucas Hedges.
1: Okay, hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because I'm I'm drawing a blank oh, on his face. on his face here. All right, Maybe? DC. Also, the, we just created that storyline. It's copyrighted. You can't use it. Can't Batman, care. dementia, elder years. We spawned it right here. Uh, oh, the I'm winning sure. Lotto numbers are forty five. I'm, sure, no, I'm just
0: uh, Mike. That if they did older Batman, Alfred's gonna be dead. That's usually what happens.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, but but again, it would actually be interesting to even, especially if you're going like maybe has early onset dementia. Like, how would he deal with his mind failing him? Because that is what he's such a great idea. Like, why has this not happened? That's Professor X and Logan, though, right? That's Xavier and Logan.
0: His his greatest asset, mind, starts to fail him. Like he's he has dementia. He can't control his ability anymore.
1: But it, I don't know. To me, it would just be so much more interesting with Batman. I don't know why, but I just <laughs> think it would be really interesting to see that uh, for sure. Okay, Lucas Hedges. Yeah, Lucas Hedges. Witness me. Yeah, <laughs> he's human. Oh, witness me. Swear to me. Oh, we've got to get you to the you know the uh, the dinner time. Okay. Uh yeah. Interesting. Okay, Lucas Hedges. Um. Yeah, I could I could see that. That would be interesting. Okay.
0: So, hmm. there you go. Older Batman, I mean, now the the real t- casting like choice would be who do you get as if they do a Batman Beyond and they use Michael Keaton as older Batman, that's that can't be Batman anymore. Who do you get to be Terry McGinnis?
1: Mm. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you go based off of, of you know DC's money making strategy, uh, it, it you know, um, oh my gosh, I'm doing horrible with names right now. Maybe I'm Batman. Maybe <laughs> <There> you <laughs> are. Do? Look I at me. Um, no, I don't have that kind of money. Um, the, the, Jason Momoa, just put him in everything. They, you know, if you made Aquaman that great, uh, there you go, problem solved. No, okay, so <laughs> a little old there uh, with Terry McGinnis. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Okay, good Terry McGinnis. I'm trying to think of, like, who's kind of more of, like, a younger up-and-comer.
0: Something like someone in their early 20s, maybe even late teens, you would have to pull a Tom Holland, like, kind of thing. Because you need to in high school. Terry McGinnis was in high school when he started out.
1: And that's kind of the problem is that, uh, uh, you know, you Tom Halt is like already in everything now. And it's like, yeah. it's very easy to see why, because he's very charismatic. Like you, you, you Fair. want him to succeed to anything. I mean, they could put him in a movie where he's a serial killer. i am like, I hope he does the best job he could do. Like, he's <laughs> literally just that, which is a horrible thing to say. But he's like that charismatic that you're like, wow, I, I don't know how. Uh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Um, I don't know what his name is. He was just in in, and I haven't even watched the entire show. This is how much of a leap of faith I'm going here. Okay, I've literally watched 10 minutes of the first episode of this show. Uh, What is this? What is this guy's name? Uh, He's in normal people. He's like the main male lead in that. Uh, He would be, I think, an interesting choice. I can't think of what his name is. I'm trying to find it here. I have yet Um, to watch that, so I can't help you. I'm, I'm I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Normal people. Let's see. Yeah, uh, he's
0: just going to start hunting down Commissioner Gordon, who happens to live in the same nursing home, sitting in, <laughs> <area> <laughs> in a dark corner, I'm Batman, and just throws empty pill bottles at him from his bat robe utility belt. I mean, I'm for this movie, Mike. I, I I hope somebody may... You know what? Richard's a movie maker. You should... We should just oh get him to, to film this in a retirement home. As soon as he <laughs> they allow people into
1: retirement homes again. His name is Paul Meskel no idea who that is so i'm gonna post a link to uh i guess google because uh, he doesn't have an imdb profile pic which is kind of interesting uh but but this is this is who he is i i think it would be interesting to, to i i don't know i I'm, I'm thinking young one he's very charismatic and and what i have seen of the show which is a very 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 tiny amount so like i said i'm going on a huge huge leap of faith but like There's just something about him where like I could just totally like if I photoshopped like the cowl onto his face, like he's got the Batman mouth and chin like and I think he's in the age range that it could work. It's apparently he's like 24 years old, according to the Googles. Um, He would have to he would have to do an American dialect, Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't know. I think it could
0: work. I think it could work. I am I I'm sure it could. Like I said, I haven't seen normal people yet, so uh and doing an American accent is not difficult for those Brit actors. So
1: I think know. he's Irish.
0: I think he's from Ireland. Ah, UK actors then. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna have to yeah, I gonna I'm gonna have to see if I can Photoshop a cow onto him now. I'm not, I'm totally doubling down on this. <laughs> Let's start I, pinning yeah. this up. All right. Mitch has gotta write it.
0: Let me. Oh, I've got the. I have to write the the Batman in the retirement home movie.
1: I mean, if I'm directing it, I think you. I think you have to write it. Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Let me ask you a question: How many times have you gone back and watched a movie that you haven't seen since your childhood and then not liked it?
1: Wow, um, that is an exceptionally good question. Um... I don't know. Maybe this is not a good thing to say, but uh, like maybe this means I haven't changed very much. But uh, I don't think it happens that often. Like I don't know if it's that or if I just give this like pass to all of these movies that I loved as a child because I'm like w- I loved them at one point. They must still hold some value. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean. That's a good question I, probably not often I guess is my answer what about what about I mean, you
0: I would say it's the same it's, it's not often that's gonna be because you have that nostalgia connected to it like most of the time that's gonna outweigh anything else for you and make you relive some happy memories or something you associate with watching that movie at that time uh, but I bring this up because recently I had an opportunity to re-watch a movie that hasn't been available. On any streaming site for a long time, uh, I haven't seen it on like any premium cable channel in a while. I had to buy the DVD from somebody on eBay. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and I got it in the mail, and I watched it. So, a little bit of back history: to this. this is a 1999 movie called The Base. It stars Mark Dacascos. I am a big fan of Mark Dacascos. Uh You might remember, you know him from the most recent. John Wick movie, John Wick three. He's the guy who's constantly trying to kill John Wick in that movie. He's the bald headed like sushi set chef. Um, but he did he did, he's done other movies. He was in uh, a season of Agents of Shield. He did uh, only the strong back in the nineties, which is a movie about Kapoea, and I just really enjoyed that movie. He had a he even at one point had a TV series based off uh, the Crow, like he was Eric Draven for that. There's also Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is a fantastic movie, if uh, people haven't seen it. So, like, there are a lot of things that he's in that he does a really good job in acting. This is not one of them. This is a bad movie. This is also directed by Mark Lester, who directed Commando. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not a really well-acted movie either with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But at least it covers it up with enough good action that you can still be like, all right, give me some more of that popcorn. Like as you watch this. Um, yeah, I, I sat through this movie. And I was just like, what was I, w- what did I like about this movie when I was a kid? I just did not understand it.
1: <laughs> okay. So, uh, the base is a, a, movie about a U.S. army base. A senior army officer leads a group of young men into drug trafficking. Uh, is according to uh, what IMDb is saying here.
0: Yeah, I mean, this came out around the same time. Like, there was, I seemed like there was a lot of movies that were like, Hey, this this base is doing some illicit things, and this one guy's going to come in and find it and and turn them all over. Because there was what the the, was it the general's daughter with John Travolta and Basic with John Travolta? Both like our movies where he comes in to find out what what someone's doing wrong on this base there was uh, a few good men yeah so I guess there was a there was a time when they they were making these movies but yeah he he's military intelligence he gets uh, put onto this military base to find out what's what's happening there you come to find out that this sergeant is got his own little squadron of men that is uh, drug dealers at the border because this, these, this military outfit, this army outfit is, is charged with keeping the border safe. And, uh, he's stopping them at the border, taking their money so that they can move their drugs through. But now he's decided that he is also going to be the person that brings the drugs in. So he, instead of giving them money, he takes their drugs and then goes and sells it to the person in, in California coast city. Uh, and yeah, Mark Cascos has to come in and, and get them to, to stop or, you know, charge them with a, with a crime. And it's just, it's so like, I kind of watch a Mark deCascos movie so that he can, uh, kick ass <laughs> in martial arts ways but most of this movie is is a lot of gunplay and explosions which is not a bad thing but not what i was expecting i guess
1: yeah um that is interesting i i don't i i guess maybe the only thing was just uh your taste for what you think is awesome action has changed i mean like this was you said ninety nine. So I mean, think of how much the benchmark of badassery has changed <laughs> in cinematic technique and and fight sequencing and all that stuff. I mean, especially when you compare this to something like John Wick, right? I mean, uh, John Wick. I mean, you have the whole teams that did like Ong Bak and the Protector, and then the Raid, and I mean, really the the quality and expectation uh, for action and quality in it has exponentially increased. So maybe it's one of those things where, like, you know. At the time, maybe it was more at the forefront of pushing that genre or style of action forward for you as a viewer. And now uh, you you essentially have a much more refined palette for intricacies within action sequences, perhaps. That's a really uh, elitist way of saying that, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, maybe that is the case because you, you could be a little bit more... Uh, picky now because you've you've experienced so many more films right so maybe that maybe that's what it is i mean
0: that's that's a very good possibility and yeah sure like but i i think you're right like i I recently watched a documentary it was called in search of the last action heroes um it was it's all about how 80s was when the, the big action star first like happened i think we talked did we talk about this last week
1: uh, I don't think specifically that I no. maybe skirted the issue a bit but
0: yeah because it, it talks about how like before the 80s that you would have movies that were like the genre was Western or it was war movie or something like that you didn't have uh, the genre of action so to speak
1: uh, the way that the 80s made it blow up and you know your- you didn't have like a single identifiable action hero
0: right sort of exactly.
1: and then you
0: have the big three you know Arnold Schwarzenegger Sylvester Stallone Bruce Willis kind of thing all all pop up in the late 80s early 80s late 80s and uh then by the late 90s you get hey we don't need to have action stars anymore we just need to get stars and train them or get really good stunt doubles like film it so that the stunt doubles can be there so i think that's why what happens like cuz 1999 is the same year that the matrix comes out right mm-hmm. so you have that and all of a sudden Action stars don't seem to be that big of a deal anymore.
1: Well, and I think uh, if I remember correctly, too, it was interesting in the sense that it was Keanu Reeves that they ended up getting because obviously when you look at like John Wick and kind of you hear people talk about Keanu and it's like he throws himself into those roles like he became very in love with martial arts after doing the matrix and went on to study it and continue studying and made you know man of tai chi and some other films and things like that um and if i remember correctly i think they had a number of actors originally that they were going to potentially go with for neo and i think one of them was will smith yep. uh and it's really fascinating to just think about how differently those movies could have gone Uh, had they not you know casted in this particular since keanu reeves but even just any movie where you're in a situation of thinking like what would have actually happened if they would have casted someone else and i mean i'm not taking anything away from will smith because i think he's a great actor as as well but i think will smith has taken a little bit longer in my opinion to mature into the same type of film star that keanu already was at that point um, which maybe isn't a fair assessment, but I I do wonder how different that would be if it was that same type of situation where they got someone that wasn't all into the role because that pretty much dynamically changed it. And you're right. We did kind of see uh, this thing where we've moved away from it. And I mean, really now, I mean, we have, I guess, a few, right? Like Jason Statham's a pretty household action name. He, again, he he's done some movies where, It's just him, but it's funny how it's like almost like those types of movies have had to go more towards like ensemble casts, right? Like it's not really like standalone action movies aren't really like dedicated to just a single hero anymore. They're almost all becoming these larger and larger, you know, casts like uh, the Expendables, and things like that, you know. And it's kind of interesting that that's uh, where that ended up going. It's really strange. But, I mean, and also
0: when you, you, even with the ensemble cast, like look at Birds of Prey that just recently came out. You, you have Margot Robbie doing a lot of the wides, not near mid shots, you know, so that you can still see your face. But obviously you're going to have the stunt double in there and the way that they've done CGI so that you can paint someone's face onto a stunt double the same way they did with, it wasn't, it didn't look that, once again, Margot Robbie didn't look that great in the Itania movie, but uh, they were able to do it like skating you mean
1: yeah like her, her, for her
0: yeah yeah for the figure skating
1: no yeah i just wanted to clarify that for anyone listening that you were talking about that um no I, I agree with you i think that is uh you know i think that's really interesting that i mean even when um i guess they kind of brought rambo back like the the first time that they kind of i forget which one it was in there now but not the last one he did where it's like you know stay at home rambo or it's last you know, blood it's, so you, you're just talking about yeah. rambo right yeah, yeah yeah um you know, when they kind of brought that back it was kind of that same thing it was like, wow, like we haven't really had a movie like that felt like a true 80s action movie for a long time like they've all felt like something very different and I think that was kind of my issue with um was it underground six that Michael Bay just recently did for Netflix yes 600. Uh, or 600 yeah, I was like, what in the F is happening like the car sequence was still really good but i was like where's the rest of like michael bay like it it just felt like he turned himself down like usually his his action and stuff is so over the top and i i just didn't feel like that was really the case like i feel like you've got a little bit of it with the opening car sequence and like the whole parkour thing being mixed into that i was like that just completely was unnecessary and totally took away from the car chase in my opinion but uh I I don't know. It just didn't feel like that style of action. And again, maybe it's that same situation that I was talking about with you. Like maybe I've just have such a unrealistically high expectation of action now because of like the raid and things like that. But I just I, I don't know, like going back to kind of like what felt like the Bourne films, which notoriously made the whole shaky cam thing really big to where you could hide a lot of things that were going on and i mean then my god by the time you get into was it the fourth or fifth born movie where there's like a whole sequence happening in complete black like the screen is entirely black you can't tell anything that's going on there's some you know some sound design there that's happening but overall you're like where's the geography of this fight like i I cannot tell anything that's happening and that's what i felt with like underground six and i feel like we've in this weird space where you, there people aren't really sure to take action right now like it's very strange to me
0: that's fair yeah it's, it's <laughs> interesting cuz with the yeah, 6 underground i think you have like michael bay influence plus the writers of uh deadpool in there like making the the change the the differences you also have uh You know the biggest star, one of the biggest stars in our in in the world right now, is an action star. It's The Rock, right? Like he's Mm -hmm. so charismatic that he can he he makes people come to see uh, action movies. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if he decided he wanted to take his turn at some dramas. Like I guess Pain and Gain kind of was a drama, comedy drama, but. I'm going to be there. So I I would say that he still definitely carries on that tradition that, you know, Schwarzenegger and and Stallone used to carry.
1: Well, I think the rock does for sure. Uh, I mean, he did ballers as well, which was the original, like, uh, uh, exclusive programming for, uh, it is, but it's also a drama. Like it's, it's, it has a lot of drama in it actually. And, uh, drama in the same way that like sex in the city and entourage were a drama. I haven't seen either of those. So I will episode of either one of those shows. Um, I don't, I'm being 100% honest. I don't think I, I legitimately don't think I have. And as we discovered earlier, I'm dementia Batman. So maybe that doesn't (laughs) help at all. But, but no, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing an episode of either of those, uh, I Maybe I did Entourage, but I feel like Entourage is more of a drama, though. Is it not? Is it more of a comedy? I think I, I consider all three
0: more of a comedy than it. Yes, there's hmm. going to be dramatic parts where, you know, something serious is happening to any one of the set characters in the show. And I only watched the first season of Baller, so I, I couldn't I don't know where it went after that. But uh, yeah, I, I would I would I would consider it more of a comedy.
1: I, yeah i don't know I, I i mean i'm i've watched the f- five seasons and like i don't know to, to me it, it feels more like a drama but i guess that's yeah and then solid says it uh it says you have unrealistic expectations never and i'm like yeah that's that is that's dumb. true Speaking no not of, what did you watch this week uh, so it's it, speaking of a great segue in terms of watching movies that you haven't seen in a ridiculously long time. Um, I, I actually watched or rewatched because it was the 30th anniversary of this movie, uh, which is really kind of uh, awkward to say that, but it is 30th anniversary of the movie. It was directed by Tony Scott, a uh, little, little movie starring, you know, some actors you might have heard of, such as Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise and Michael Rourke, Days of Thunder. <laughs> days of thunder it was michael rooker michael rooker yeah you're right you're right and robert duvall is in there robert and duvall, um uh john c Riley. Uh, rubbing his racing right which is yeah exactly it, it was crazy to me that john c Riley is in this movie i totally forgot that he was in it and he's like one of uh cold trickles like pit crew members and i was like what in the hell uh which is so funny because he's also in talladega nights which i also watched that recently again as well which is very bizarre which like talladega nights is essentially
0: just days of thunder but with comedy right like it's this, it's it's the same thing they did to walk hard and walk yes. the line right it's the same thing just the comedy version i and i'll I'll admit this here i watched talladega nights before i watched days of thunder i like it's a davis of the thunder was never a movie i had ever seen and i saw talladega nights and i was like this is not good and then someone told me that you know you (laughs) have to watch days of thunder and i was like oh my goodness they just literally took the whole movie and just made it into a comedy like it's almost the exact same storyline
1: it's very very similar yeah you're like oh i get it now (laughs) <laughs> uh, solid says that uh, he loved Sex in the City. I've heard it's a great show. I just... I have not... I mean, it was on for
0: how many it. years plus two movies spin out of it? This guy it had to have been good. People yeah. had to have enjoyed it. I just never saw it myself.
1: I, yeah, I didn't... I haven't seen it either,
0: but maybe I know I'll have the, to... I know all the four ladies, it. I think. Miranda.
1: Okay, maybe... at Charlotte? And... Halfway there, I think. That's, yeah, that's two out of four. Pretty. I don't know if they're right, but what, I'm assuming what, that's right. the main lady? The one Sarah Jessica Parker plays. That's why I was to say Sarah Jessica Yeah, I Parker. don't know. I, I don't think know what her name is. Sorry. We <laughs> got halfway there.
0: Carrie. That's her name. Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> is
1: it Carrie or is it Terry Bradshaw? No, it Terry Bradshaw, a <laughs> football person. Did they just name that after that character? Like how did that work? So, going back to
0: Days of Thunder, what like what how would you feel about watching
1: that again? Uh, you know, it, it, it's 30 years old, right? So, yeah. um what was it? 84? 90? 1990 never mind i'm not good at maths um so it came out in in 1990 I, I mean i i i watched this as a kid it's a little weird watching it now uh because like one of the main opening shots is like of uh, the nascar one of the nascar speedways and there's confederate flags everywhere and i was like ooh
0: uh ooh, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that's well, you not...
1: know, 30 years later and they just barely got rid of those, so... <laughs> I Well, and they're still fighting to get rid of it because yeah. some places are like, oh, we're getting rid of it, and other people are like, no, I'm hanging on to the past, and it's like, ooh, so, so that was really weird, you know? And then there's also, like, some other moments with, like, Cold Trickle where you're like, ooh, that's, you, buddy, like, can't be doing that. Like, you can't just be putting your hands on people and invading their private spaces and stuff what are you doing so like it's definitely interesting to see like how the world has like changed in a sense um it's, and, and it's funny because you're so much more aware of them like I'm sure I and I mean I don't know I was pretty young when I probably saw it the first time so I, I don't think I would have paid much attention to any of that anyway but like you see it now and I mean it's like oh Oh, that's front and center. Like, wow. Wow. Like <laughs> that most likely wouldn't happen in a movie today, maybe. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. It is interesting going back and like looking at these movies and seeing like some of the things that I'm sure as the as the filmmakers and even as audiences back then, there was probably not a tremendous amount of attention that was paid to that stuff. It was just like, oh, it's NASCAR that's normal and mm-hmm. it's very much not normal or acceptable by today's you know societal expectations and so that that kind of does jar you you know and i think the other thing that was really interesting is you know i like tony scott as a filmmaker i like a lot of his movies it was you know very upsetting to me when he uh you know committed suicide and so like obviously there is again that that factor of nostalgia and then also kind of that like oh man like You know, kind of bringing that back to the surface that like this was his movie and, you know, that unfortunate, horrible, uh, you know, tragedy happened. And then the soundtrack, I think, was like Hans Zimmer. And you're like, what in the like Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack for Days of Thunder? Like what in the hell? And so, yeah, like, it it was very, and and of course, I mean, like, extremely young Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, which, uh, you know, they're still very active in acting, and so you're very accustomed to seeing them uh, how they are now, and then seeing them back when they were, you know, in their 20s, you're like, holy shit, like this is crazy you know what i mean like you just have that like whole element of time that's also been thrown into you from watching it again which is very it's just very strange it's very interesting (laughs) do you want some culture shock go back and watch an old john wayne western (laughs) i'm i i will admit i am not very familiar with a lot of john wayne's westerns so I, i i but again that would be even further back that would be what like the 60s 50s 60s yeah, 60s yeah i would i'd like to go back
0: and watch uh, the original true grit to see how that and the the remake kind of
1: compared that's to a great one. idea i forgot about that did you like that i mean i know you're not the biggest fan of jeff bridges i did like the remake though i did like Oh, you it. did yeah oh. i liked it a lot did you like him in it
0: Uh, I thought he was really good. Like he was still, you can still see parts of the dude in there, which is the thing that I don't care for Jeff Bridges all that much anymore. Like he just kind of plays that character over and over, but
1: like, uh, it's, it worked. It worked well for Rooster Cogburn. Hmm. I, I do think that's an interesting thing, though. Like, that would be a, that that would actually be a really interesting uh, just film study in general to see how the original true get uh, true grit stacks up against the Coen brothers version of it. Like that it, that would actually be really intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Solid says back when Tom Cruise was a normal person. Lol. <laughs> I also wanted to thank
0: solid and, and Mike for both giving getting Carrie and Samantha in there for the last two that I could I don't know. I cannot remember Kim Cattrall's character, Samantha, but there it is. Uh, well done. if you want to talk to me about more movies and I will always sit there and talk to you about movies. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Michipedia G E M. G-E-E M stands for geek elite media. Richard, where can uh,
1: people find you online? Um, you can find me at Twitter as well. It's slash Ray Cohen. Uh, I'm also on Twitch, uh, I don't want to say every Wednesday and Sunday. I'm supposed to be on Twitch every Wednesday and Sunday, but I've been missing streams, which isn't good. But twitch.tv slash Ry Cohen and the number one. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me.
0: And the rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archive episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, Media.com. Please rate and review this podcast. And uh, Richard's uh, YouTube channel so that we can help spread the word of our network and all the great programming that we have. But until next time, this is the Mitch and Rich Show on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to... Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.